When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Harry Douglas is ready. Freddie Coleman is ready. Are you ready for us? Presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and also tune in and tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Brother Douglas, how are you on this Wednesday? Well, you know, Rev is doing okay. You know, okay. All right. hopped on a plane this morning, flew up to New York. I'm at Seaport right uh-huh. now. My boy Pat looking out for me in there. Just, mm-hmm. I got to I give a shout out to Patrick, man, because he just had a two uh, a baby. His wife nice. had a baby, but they had a baby together. Congrats. Two weeks old. And before mm-hmm. the show started, I was actually telling him a, a little bit about, you know, that little baby girl. Because, see, I had mm-hmm. my daughter first and how he's in for the one of the greatest treats of his life. Right. That's fantastic. I love the way that fellow parents can come together because we were overhearing because you couldn't hear us, but we heard you. It was almost like you were giving a little TED talk about (laughs) what to expect with the blessed event that has happened with him. But we forgot about a blessed event because it happened before we got started last Tuesday. A certain man who shall remain nameless, Shannon Penn, our producer, had his birthday last Monday. I did not realize that Shannon Penn, Harry Douglas, has this in common with Beyonce. They have their birthday on the same day. And so, Shannon Penn, when you had your birthday, we did not realize the commonality between you and the queen of the beehive when it comes to Beyonce. Yeah, real quick, too. And it's an ongoing joke within my family that instead of wishing me happy birthday, they wish Beyonce happy birthday. So my family did a whole happy birthday Beyonce thing. They made a poster board. Happy birthday to the queen. Happy birthday, girl. It was the whole thing. So, yeah, that's what that was. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-oh. 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 Put your Uh-oh. hands up. Hands up. So now from now on, anytime Shannon's birthday, we're just going to call him Beyonce Penn. We're going to call him Queen. We're going to call him the Queen Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to call him. <laughs> That's what we're going to call him as far as that goes. So happy belated birthday when it comes to Shannon Penn. You can always help us out anytime you want. Join the talk anytime at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, which means that you're ready for... The main thing, the main thing. 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 The main thing. The main thing with Freddie and Harry. Well, NFL players are not letting this whole turf war go away. And now it's gotten the attention if it didn't before. When it comes to a certain guy named Roger Goodell, Harry Douglas, he was on first take today to commission the NFL. He looked all natty and nice and tight in his suit. He was not going to let Stephen A. Smith's suit game outshine him when you're the boss of the biggest, baddest league in the world when it comes to the National Football League. But they did not let Roger Goodell get away with talking about the players wanting grass in all stadiums, and he responded like this. From our standpoint, that's something we'll look at. We'll look deeply at it. You always want to try to get the, the best surfaces. Uh, FIFA will be in here. I'm meeting with the head of FIFA next week. They'll be playing World Cup. They will not be putting grass in. They'll be putting in a mixed grass, mixed grass with artificial surface. Something that we're working to try to see, is that a better surface for us? 
Because you've got to look at climate, too, Stephen. This isn't just about, you know, we, we are, is a field going to be good in September? Is it also going to be good in December and January? You also have other players who like playing on a turf field because mm. it's faster. Mm, that's true. So you, you've got, you know, you've got a, a mixed opinions. Mm. What we want to go is on science. We want to go on what's the best from an injury standpoint to prevent the injuries, to give our players the best, best possible surface to play on. And, Freddie, I'll tell you, like, I'm going to split my career, my 10 years in half, right? When okay. you're early on in your career and my first year and you're young and, you know, you're wet behind the ears still and your breath smelling like Similac and all that good <laughs> stuff, you, you don't really care what you play on because you're just go, 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 and your body feels great. Uh-huh. But as you, you know, start to get a little older, you've had injuries, you've had surgeries, you understand how that turf takes a toll on your body. And if you're a fast team, a lot of people, yeah, they want to play on turf. But I can honestly tell you there's a lot of fast people in the National Football League that I knew that preferred playing on grass because it's just better for your joints. It's better for your bones. It's better for your body. And when I was in Atlanta, man, we had a guy we drafted named Kerry Meyer at the wide receiver position. And I, and I promise you, Freddie, I thought Kerry could have had a massive career. Okay. But Kerry was running, running down on kickoff coverage uh, during a preseason game and planted one time and tore his ACL. Never was the same. Career was over. Right. Right? Wow. But, and I honestly felt like if we were on grass at that time, that wouldn't have happened. Now, there's all kind of ways you could tear your ACL because when I tore mine, I, I actually researched it. You could be walking down the street and literally tear your ACL just walking normal. But – the older I got, and if we had a practice inside the indoor facility, which is turf, my coaches protected me. They protected a lot of older players. Hey, you know what, guys? Let's walk through these things, and if the weather is, gets a little bit better, then we'll go outside and have certain periods. And then once we're done with that, we'll come back inside. Like, that's how serious, serious it is. Older players, veterans, when you tell them they're playing on turf or even practicing on turf, right. you see this weird look on their face, looking at the coaches like, all right, how many reps do I got? Mark down which reps I have to take today during practice. I guarantee you, and a lot of players heard Roger Goodell talk about, you know, some players love playing on turf. They probably had this reaction. Every day, more life. Because there's no way they were believing that from Roger Goodell. Every player was like, wait, 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 wait a minute. What sides and who players are you talking to yep. that want to play more on turf? instead of playing on grass. And Roger Goodell knows that he speaks for the owners. It's always going to be Roger Goodell and the owners versus the players. They pay his salary. And they pay his salary. And he makes quite a fine living, thank you very much. He makes a mighty fine wage because he's doing a fine job as a mouthpiece for the owners, and they know exactly what they've gotten into with Roger Goodell. So I'm not surprised that he was going to make sure that wherever this turf war is going to go, wherever that's going to lead everybody to, he knows that the NFL – the owners have power, church, and state. The players can raise any kind of ruckus that they want, and they're allowed to do that because I know if my livelihood is potentially compromised and shortened because turf versus grass, then you better damn well I'm going to speak out about it, especially after what happened on Monday to one of your biggest stars in the league. Four plays in, Aaron Rodgers gets his cleat caught in the field turf at MetLife Stadium, and then he's out for 2023, and people are wondering if he's ever going to come back. So I get where Roger Goodell is going, but in this turf war, players better realize this. They're not going to win that battle when you don't have any power of the church and state when it comes to the National Football League. And, and I'll say this. I did not like that he brought up the climate 
and weather because when you look at teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay, when the wintertime comes around, it rains, it snows, it gets cold. When you look at the Cleveland Browns, the same thing. When you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, the same thing. So uh, I don't think we can sit up here and, and constantly use climate as a, an excuse for not for it not getting done. Right. Now, if you want to say, okay, now these owners, and Devin Kane, one of, one of our producers, he brought this up. When you think about places like MetLife Stadium mm-hmm. and all the, you know, the events that they hold, their concerts. Jerry World and down in I, Dallas. I, I, yeah. I just would have been okay with him saying that. Instead of just, you know, trying to pin it on climate as one of the reasons why, you know, they're probably holding back from allowing this to happen. Every day, more lives. And the NFL players are not <laughs> buying that when it comes to Roger Goodell. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. I always appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget about us on tune in. Always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Give us your thoughts anytime you want about this turf war. Harry and I believe the NFL players are not going to win this but they have a right to speak up about it. What are your thoughts? Are the players making too much about it? Do they know if they got themselves into? Let us know at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, because the Player Association in the NFL is calling for all turf fields to be changed to grass. Meanwhile, it comes to that. In case you missed it, Aaron Rodgers got hurt on field turf at MetLife Stadium. Happened on Monday. Out for the season, popped his Achilles. The MRI confirmed that yesterday. But many people wonder if Aaron Rodgers is going to play again, if we're going to see him in the National Football League. Robert Sala, Jets head coach, says if he's not back in 2024. Has there been discussions about the future at all? Uh, I, I, I haven't gone that, down that road with him. I mean, I, I'd be shocked if he's if this is the way he's going to go out. But uh, but at the same time, for him, uh, he's got he's working through a whole lot of headspace, uh, things that he needs to deal with, and uh, that will be the last thing I talk to him about. So welcome the understudy, Zach Wilson, to Broadway. <laughs> but, but, but here's my thing, though, honestly, um, and I know – as reporters, as media members, we have questions that, you know, you want to get asked to coaches or players in certain settings. Right. I, I'm not going to say I'm going to sit up here and say I'm smiling about that question because we also got to look at the human side of things when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. The right. last thing I'm, I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers wants to hear from anybody right now is someone asking him about, hey, are you going to come back next year? Good point. When you just tore your Achilles and – you had all these dreams and aspirations of taking this franchise who hasn't been to the playoffs since 2010, who haven't won a Super Bowl since Broadway Joe. You want to do something that Brett Favre didn't do when he had an opportunity to come to this organization. That's the last thing I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers is thinking about. Are, am I going to come back? Am I going to retire? No. I'm <laughs> devastated that I just tore my damn Achilles uh-huh. on play for the football game, and I'm no longer going to be out there on the football field. I'm still an emotional wreck at the moment. Who's more of an emotional wreck? It's the Jets fans or the Jets players? Because you talk to any Jet fan, Mark Morales, one of our guys behind the scenes, and I thought he was literally going to cry on Monday <laughs> when this happened. Now, with me, I'm older than Mark, and somebody asked me that question. Brady Farkas does an afternoon show, WDEV in Vermont. And he says, how devastated are you? I said, Brady, when you have PTSD like I've had with Jets and what they've done to me, they're not – sending me to a sanitarium. They're not putting me in a 12-step program. I'm living a stress-free, stroke-free, 
Heart attack free existence, no matter what happens with this team. Mark Morales on the other side, out with the bad air, in with the good air, out with the bad air. And when I mentioned Zach Wilson saying, hey, Mark, we got to believe in this guy as the quarterback on our team, you would have thought I told Mark Morales they're never making another Star Wars movie ever again. He literally almost was in the fetal position on the floor of the studio here when I said, we got to rock with Zach Wilson because now he's not the understudy. He has to be the star. You got to rock with him no matter what it looked like in the past and what we may think it looked like in the future, especially starting on Sunday, when in my opinion, Harry, he's going to be the most scrutinized NFL player this weekend because nobody thought we'd see Zach Wilson at all other than mop-up duty with the New York Jets, and now he's got to be the dude when he's never been the dude in the first three years in a Jet uniform when it comes to Zach Wilson. See, I, I would I – would- Disagree with that okay. because right. when I look when I look at how Josh Allen played this past weekend, Uh-oh. it was terrible. Uh-oh. So I think if you have the Buffalo Bills go out against the Las Vegas Raiders and they play they, their home opener, and if things still don't look right with Josh Allen in that matchup, okay, then I think we're going to scrutinize him even really? more. Really, I, I really do. See, when I look at Zach Wilson. See, what we do know is that he's going against one of the elite defenses in the National Football League. We're not expecting Zach Wilson to go out there and have a great game against that defense that we just seen demolish. I'm going to say it again, Freddie. Demolish the New York football giants. Made them look like the little damn giants on national TV. Sunday night football. My gosh. Don't you be talking about Devin Cage Giants? Just terrible. So I'm not expecting Zach Wilson, especially when I seen what Zach Wilson looked like a year ago, okay. I'm not expecting him to go out there and, per se, ball out against that defense. Now, what I would say is you want to see little flashes of little things here and there. Right. You want to see things that are promising for the following week. Okay. But this week? All right. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, well, another former Jets quarterback, Vinny Testaverde, when he's on Sportsman Like This Morning on ESPN Radio with Evan Cohen, Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Harry Douglas, he completely disagrees with how you feel about Zach Wilson. He's got some knowledge and religion for you about the aforementioned Uh-oh. former understudy, now current starting quarterback again of the New York Jets, Zach Wilson. I really expect them to be in the playoffs. They have a young quarterback in Zach Wilson that got to spend five or six weeks with Aaron Rodgers in training camp and see how it's supposed to be done the right way. If you go back a year ago and watch Zach Wilson, he was having trouble completing little wide receiver screens. He wasn't. He didn't have that confidence. But watching him Monday night, stepping in on those circumstances, running the team the way he did, making some of the throws that he did. I was I was impressed with uh, how he's grown as a quarterback and as a player. And I think if this great defense that we have right now can keep us in ball games for the next three or four weeks and give Zach a chance to get used to this new offense, be around those uh, starters uh, for a few games, I think uh, this team is going to surprise a lot of people in, in what's transpired in the last few days. What you got to say about that, right, Reverend Harry well, Douglas? Well, let me talk to Mr. Vinny. Because I think Mr. Vinny forgot that the Dallas Cowboys have led the lead in takeaways. And one of the better teams at sacking a quarterback. And they have this guy over there named Michael Parsons. And what do you think Michael Parsons is going to do to Dwayne Brown Mm-mm. or Makai Becton? Mm. What, what is that going to look like? But, but oh, Freddie, here's okay. another thing. All right. They have Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs on the, on the back end. Yeah. So, so if they want to play man, Dan Quinn right now, is licking his chops about the game, what we call matchups. Okay. How can I match up my best players against the New York Jets' weakest links? Goodbye. 
<laughs> you don't care how low you sound Goodbye. when it comes to that. By the way, you mentioned this, and we talked about this before we got on the air because of Zach Wilson. I can't even imagine what's going through his mind right now because he did not think at all that he was going to be playing as a starting quarterback of the New York Jets this year. Unless Aaron Rodgers decided to take a week off or maybe they had the division one at the end of the year, mm-hmm. then they rest their guys and you get Zach Wilson in there, you get him a chance to be with the starters or be out there as a starting quarterback. He never thought in a million years that his number was going to be called in 2023 being a starting quarterback with the New York Jets. Well, here we are. When it comes to Zach Wilson being that starting quarterback, you, you dealt with this in the NFL when you played for the Atlanta Falcons and the Tennessee Titans. What is it like to all of a sudden see a guy being elevated when nobody thought he was going to be out there in the first place and you hope, and you hope that he can deliver anywhere, I guess, near or being a lot better than what we've seen from Zach Wilson so far in his NFL career? Yeah, Freddie, I went through it the year that we had Julio Jones. Uh, he had gotten hurt and also Roddy White. Both of those guys have gotten hurt, and I had to now move from a number three wide receiver to a number one wide receiver. So, first of all, my body wasn't accustomed to playing 60, 70 plays throughout a ball game, right? right? I was so accustomed to playing anywhere between 45, 46 plays per ball game. So, that in itself was another mental hurdle and a physical hurdle that I had to, to climb. But I think the fact that I approach every day whether it was the meeting room, workouts, and practice, okay. as if I was the number one receiver, right. the transition was easy for me Okay, because that was my mindset. Now, I think one of the things that's kind of worrying me a little bit is that I don't know if Zach Wilson took reps with the first team for the Jets previ- like previous to this. I have no and, idea. and I don't even know how that happens throughout a training camp. And I understand Aaron Rodgers is the number one guy, but if Zach Wilson didn't get an opportunity to go with the ones at all – during this offseason, nor during this training camp, that's a whole other adjustment period. You get what I'm saying? And if you're the New York Jets, I mentioned it yesterday, that blueprint better be what the San Francisco 49ers done with Brock Purdy, especially oh. when you're dealing with those ruffians, those Dallas Cowboys, like you Nathaniel mentioned. Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. The, 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 Microscope. You know, and I'm glad you mentioned that. This is all on Dan, Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. We, we can try to find the mindset of the backup quarterback. We know that at least Zach Wilson's been out there yep. as a starting quarterback. Has not played well. That's not new news here. But if you're Nathaniel Hackett, and we brought this up, the play calling should have been the same when Zach Wilson got in the game the way it should have been when Aaron Rodgers was in the game. Get rid of the ball of his hands. Run the football a little bit more. It's as if Nathaniel Hackett was overwhelmed by the pomp and circumstance of day one of Aaron Rodgers being out there, playing on 9-11. Aaron Rodgers running out on the football field with the American flag to get everybody riled up. It seems that not only Aaron Rodgers, Got over one time to make a big play. Nathaniel Hackett did the same thing as a play caller. If you're Nathaniel Hackett, you got to know what you're dealing with. And you got the same kind of blueprint that you should have had early on. But before those four plays with Aaron Rodgers on Monday night, you better have that blueprint that's going to help Zach Wilson on Sunday at 425 when the Dallas Cowboys try to rough up your quarterback and knock him out of the game. Well, now as the offensive play caller being in that light of things and now you have to figure out, okay, what are the strengths of, of Zach Wilson, what are the things that he do very, very well? What are the things that we want to stray away from? Because you want to exploit the strengths. You don't want to exploit the weaknesses. And then also when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, okay, what's the best way for us to attack them? Okay, getting down here, running the football, running the football right at Michael Parsons. These things all have to, go, have to be going through Nathaniel Hackett's mind. Also, 
You have a phenomenal wide receiver and also Garrett Wilson. Right. What's the best ways that we can get the football into his hands? Do we go more 12 personnel with one back, two tight ends, and two wide receivers? Do we go 13 with one back, three tight ends, and, and one wide receiver to try to get them to put big people on the field yep. so now I can try to do some dynamic and more things mm-hmm. or the run game could be that more efficient? You don't want to put Zach Wilson in a situation where Dan Quinn is now drawing up third and 14 defenses to pin their to pin their ears back right. and, and basically saying, go get them, boys. Yeah. Zach Wilson can't win this game on Sunday. No. Nathaniel Hackett, as an offensive play caller, has to win this game. You got, to your point, you got at that San Francisco 49ers blueprint. Run the football, protect your quarterback. If it's not there, throw the football away and trust that you are not giving your defense a short field each and every time. Because that can wear out guys in their mind and say, dude, you're doing this again? You put us on a short field again? How, didn't you learn anything from watching that guy not do that in training camp this year or from your first years in the National Football League? That better be the blueprint for the Jets and on Freddie, Sunday. And, that's why certain things are important to me when it comes to offensive football. Like, if a team is able to run no huddle or tempo, right, where they have pass plays built in as well as run plays, and now you can go tempo so that defense can't pin their ears back and they're not able to substitute and get breathers and they can't allow Dan Quinn to draw up exotic stuff and move Michael Parsons all over the place. If you're able to go a little bit of tempo and you have run plays that are solid built into that where you right. have options and different things you can do, right. I think it could be to fit the Jets. I don't know if they have that, though. Yeah. I think Dak Prescott of the Cowboys' quarterback is really glad that nobody's going to be talking about him as much as they're going to be talking about Zach Wilson, what he's going to do replacing Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the New York Jets, when both of those two get together at Jerry's World this Sunday at 425 Eastern Time. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry. 30 minutes away from who said this about Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. Why is he making these declarative statements when we don't need these declarative statements made about the Dallas Cowboys right now? That comes your way in about 30 minutes, but a former NFL player will weigh in on the NFL turf war and Jets quarterback Zach Wilson back in the starting lineup on Broadway. This is ESPN Radio. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. I'm Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us this afternoon on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget about us on TuneIn and tell that smart speaker yours to play ESPN Radio. So we're surrounded wide receivers right now. We got Harry Douglas who played in the NFL wide receiver, and so did Andrew Hawkins. ESPN NFL analyst is a great follow on Twitter at Hawk. Andrew, I'm going to play what Roger Goodell, NFL commissioner, this morning on First Take said about some players would rather have turf fields over grass fields. You also have other players who like playing on a turf field because mm. it's faster. Mm, that's true. So you, you've got, you know, you've got a, a mixed opinions. Mm-hmm. What we want to go is on science. We want to go on what's the best from an injury standpoint to prevent the injuries, to give our players the best, best possible surface to play on. What are your thoughts about that, Hawk? What uh, Roger Goodell, the commissioner, had say this morning on First Take? I, he might have been listening to my interviews, man. I, I, I was a little surprised he went with the silent majority excuse. Um, but I will say for me, and again, I can't speak for Harry, I liked playing on turf because I was quick, I was fast, and people couldn't guard me on turf. And that's just my honest opinion, but I, don't, I haven't heard that take from a bunch of players. I've heard a lot of people more vocal about grass, but I always felt like grass slowed me down. But for a player whose whole value proposition was speed and quickness, that makes sense for a guy like me. I don't know if that's everybody's opinion. Well, damn, Hulk, make me feel like I'm slow and not quick. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're doing that now, are we? <laughs> now, and, and, it, and it's like it's you do have some players. Uh, I don't think it's a lot, but you do have some players that would prefer because, like Hulk just mentioned, like he was a guy. I already thought Hulk was unstoppable. Whether he was on grass or turf, period. Right. Because trying to get your hands on someone who's smaller in stature but quick and fast and can get in and out of their breaks as quickly as possible, that, that's hard as hell in itself. And then that's why I think it's also hard for, you know, a nickel corner to, to, to cover guys. It's harder than playing outside corner because you have so much space to work with and guys are that much faster. But I got to ask you about Zach Wilson. Do you believe that he can lead the Jets team to a playoff berth, and if not, who do you think would be a good replacement for him? That's a great question. Um, number one, I'll start with the, the second question. A great replacement is Tom Brady, if you can lure him out, right? Um, typically, I'd say, oh, that's unrealistic. I don't think that's unrealistic. I think Tom wants to play football, so who knows? I definitely would be making the call. Now, as it pertains to Zach Wilson, do I think Zach Wilson has the ability to make this very talented Jets roster a playoff team? I do. What I don't trust is the ability for the coaches offensively to do what they have to do to make that a case. If you look at the offenses around the NFL, or if you even historically go back to the teams where the quarterback may not have been a world beater, maybe they're not top five, maybe they're not top 10, maybe they're not top 15, but they had a really good defense, a great run game, and an incredible game plan. Nathaniel Hackett, for me, hasn't shown the ability to be a very great offensive mind without a very great offensive player. And so for that reason, if I'm talking about what Zach Wilson has from an ability standpoint, he was a first-round, second-overall pick for a reason. But you need offensive coaches who can give you the game plan where it accentuates the things you do well and takes the pressure off in a bunch of ways. And offensively, I just don't think that from a coaching standpoint they have that. 
Andrew Hawkins will play in the NFL as a wide receiver, now an ESPN NFL analyst. Hit him on Twitter at Hawk, joining Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I'm going to stay right there. You just said about Tom Brady wanting to come back and play football. Football. What have you heard about maybe that he is not done with playing in the NFL? I, I mean, I, I, I always felt like, and I think everybody probably has this opinion, that he retired because he felt like everybody told him he should versus him saying, okay, definitively, I no longer have anything for this game. Even when he talked about it or when he said his retirement, it was never, man, I do not want to play football anymore. It was I always felt like, well, this feels like what I'm supposed to do at 45. It is really hard to play football in the NFL at 45. It's hard at 44, it's hard at 43, it's hard at 41 and 40 and 39 and so on and so forth. But if there's anybody that can do it and do it at a high level, Tom Brady has shown to be the unicorn. And so, again, if he has the heart for it, which I believe he does, and then he has the ability, which I think we all believe is an upgrade from Zach Wilson, and that's no slight on him, then I think it's worth the conversation. Now, when you look across the NFL, you have a bunch of teams right now that we think very highly of that has started the season 0-1. Um, I'm going to name a few teams, and which one of these teams, in your opinion, you feel like cannot start 0-2? Okay. You have the Buffalo Bills, and they play the Vegas Raiders uh, this weekend. You have the Cincinnati Bengals. You have the Tennessee Titans, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Seahawks. Mm, Chargers, Chiefs. Seahawks. I would say probably the Seahawks. Um, and I said the Seahawks because, you know, they bring Geno back in a contract. They have high hopes. I don't know if anybody had them in the Super Bowl, but this is a good team that overachieved uh, post-Russell Wilson. And then they go out against the Rams, and the Rams, who, I mean, we're having conversations about them being in the running for Caleb uh, Williams at the end of the year. Right. You know, and, and the Rams look like a Caleb completely better team than the Seahawks. So I, I fear that if they start the season 0-2, the players in that locker room will start to turn a little bit. Some of those headlines and some of those articles you, you heard about the Rams being very bad are going to swap to the Seahawks. And I don't know if they'll be able to overturn that um, for Pete Carroll, who, again, is just getting up there in age as a coach. And some of those speeches and some of that rah-rah won't have the same effect that it did uh, earlier times in his career. Andrew Hawk is ESPN NFL analyst with Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Another team that's 0-1 of the Buffalo Bills. Many people believe they won't be 0-1 after this weekend, although in the NFL, anything can happen. But boy, oh boy, a lot of conversation, Andrew, about Josh Allen. Three turnovers in terms of throwing the football away with interceptions and another turnover he put the ball on the ground after getting hit. He's a gunslinger. How do you fix a gunslinger? If you're a wide receiver, if you're an offensive coordinator, how do you fix that guy, that kind of talent, making those kind of mindless plays over and over again when it comes to Josh Allen? I, I don't know if you can fix a gunslinger, uh, but I think in this day and age of football where the passing game is pretty much everything offensively, if that is what you categorize yourself as, you're going to have a, you're gonna have a tough go about it. I think for Josh Allen, he needs to understand he doesn't have to be everything everywhere all at once. He's actually doing the opposite for your team. You need to be a mature quarterback, right? Young quarterbacks take chances. Young quarterbacks rely heavily on their just physical ability to figure it out. And I think some of that will dictate dictate like where we view them. But at this stage of Josh Allen's career, he has to be smart with the football. He has to be detailed. He has to understand offensively when to take his chances and when not to take his chances and not to put his team in a vulnerable position. And that's what the hits he takes. 
That's what the decisions he makes on the run. That's what some of the throws that he makes. He needs to be smarter in order to maintain this perception that he is a top three or top five quarterback in the league. Um, Because otherwise, if he doesn't, the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl talk and, you know, them always being a contender will be just fodder. And I think people are starting to view it that way already. Huck, when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns and that matchup this past weekend and how the Browns were able to dominate and Jim Swartz made his presence really be felt as a defensive coordinator, what's the I'll say what's the ceiling in your opinion for the Browns if they can consistently play defense like they did? I mean, everything we've talked about, you know, just recently with the the New York Jets how great their defense is. They have a great run game and all these elements that we're talking. Can Russell or uh, can Zach Wilson lead them to the playoffs just because everything is so good around them? If you look at the Browns, they are just as good defensively with Jim Swartz as a D coordinator. I mean, you look at that D line. Yes, Miles Garrett is a beast and he is a beast, but now he has the elements across the D line where people can't just focus on him because they're still going to get pressure. The defensive backs have been playing great. And like you said, their play calls really put the Bengals' offensive coordinator and players in a frenzy. So if Deshaun Watson, who is at his best, absolutely one of the top five talented quarterbacks in the NFL, if you get anything close to that, then the ceiling, I mean, is, is literally Super Bowl contender for the Browns because they have all the elements that we're saying that the other teams who are considered the best have. Andrew Hawkins, a believer. If Cleveland is able to match up with their defense and Deshaun Watson, they could be a Super Bowl contender and they loaded AFC. Hit him up on Twitter. He's a great follower at Hawkins. Andrew Hawkins, ESPN NFL Ants, great with the ability to bring the knowledge and the information on Freddie and Harry. Talk to you soon, Hawk. Take care and be well, my man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. And by the way, you can always hit us up on Twitter as well. Harry's handle, hdouglas83, my handle at Coleman ESPN. We are Freddie and Harry. And after week one, are the Dallas Cowboys the NFC's most complete team? Things that make you go home with overreactions. Say what? Keep it here on ESPN Radio. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together we are Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us. Presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget about us on TuneIn. And always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN Radio. If Harry's going to be unbearable in 30 minutes, it's because a guy from his football team, Desmond Ruder, quarterback, is going to stop by and join us to talk about Harry Douglas and the Atlanta Falcons being one to know and how much he thinks they can be better. Desmond Ruder, Falcons quarterback, stops by 30 minutes from now right here on Freddie. And Harry, stop smiling. Want to know, baby? Falcons want to know. Excuse me. You know that's gonna come back to haunt you now. <laughs> that's definitely gonna wanna come know, back baby. to haunt you. So there's still overreaction about the Atlanta Falcons because they definitely won that game. But each and every week on ESPN.com, Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, always puts out his overreactions list. So it's time for us on Wednesdays to dissect that. We get a little help from Shannon Penn. Before we get to that, we need an update from Shannon Penn's daughter. 
She's playing volleyball as a varsity athlete. We need an update. What's going on with the with the lady pin on volleyball right, so court they, today? They, they dropped the first set. They dropped the first set uh, 25-9. So oh, Lord. It wasn't great. It's the first match wow. of the season. So, the but but Shannon accounted for three of the points, so we're good. Okay. All okay, right, okay, Devin, okay, okay. let's hit that beautiful music. <laughs> All right, overreactions week one. Harry and Freddie, I'll give you a statement. You got to okay. tell me if it's an overreaction or not. Simple yeah. enough. Overreaction, not an overreaction. We'll start with the Cleveland Browns. Harry, the Browns will win the AFC North. Overreaction, not overreaction. Yeah, I think that's an overreaction. I'm just not going to re- overreact because they beat the Cincinnati Bengals in week one. Well, I think it's one in five record Joe Burrow has versus uh, versus the Cleveland Browns in right. his career. Also, when I look at Cincinnati, they have the ability to adjust. They adjusted last year. They got things on track. Also, the Baltimore Ravens will have something to say as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's an overreaction, but I will say this. The Browns could finish third in that division, maybe make the playoffs, because you're yeah. hoping that Pittsburgh is going to look a lot better. And the 49ers will do that to a lot of teams, but they made the Pittsburgh Steelers look like a mid-American conference team. It looked like Eastern Michigan was playing the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> in that game on Sunday. That's how good the 49ers defense was and how shook the Pittsburgh Steelers turned out to be. So it's an overreaction. But don't be surprised the Browns finish with 9 to 10 wins and maybe finish third and maybe get them to the playoffs in the AFC out of the AFC North. All right, Freddie, Tyreek Hill will be the first wide receiver to win MVP. Overreaction? Not overreaction. All the quarterbacks not going to play this year? <laughs> if the answer is yes, then no. That is a complete overreaction. And I love the cheetah. The cheetah, I love the way he does that whole that basketball move. Where he catches and faces up on you like he's trying to take you off the dribble mm-hmm. and goes anywhere he wants. He can go from zero to one hundred in the quick in the blink of an eye. But in a quarterback world, in twenty first century football, unless he averages two hundred fifteen yards per game, he is not going to be the first wide receiver to win over an MVP award. That's an overreaction. Yeah, I'm gonna go overreaction as well because if Tua's in that conversation, excuse me, if if Tyree kills in that conversation, then that means Tua Tungavaloa has to be in that conversation exactly. because he's the person throwing him the football, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Harry. Next up here, looking at overreaction, not overreaction. The Dallas Cowboys are the NFC's most complete team. Harry, overreaction, not overreaction. Say what? That's an overreaction. Did did we not witness who the best-looking team this weekend was in the National Football League? That was the San Francisco 49ers. I was was worried that you were going to say the Atlanta Falcons. You had me scared there for a second. No, no, no. I'm talking about San Fran, (laughs) the Bay Area. Shout-out to my boy, he 40. Ooh, skiggity sky. (laughs) What is that? That's the San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) Hold on a second. I agree with you, overreaction, but we're on this now. What was that? That, that that's E forty does that in a lot of his songs. Ooh, skeezy okay. Scott. <laughs> it almost sounds like Ella Fitzgerald and James Brown together. <laughs> I've had I've had him on radio a few times. Uh-huh. You know, me and him, we vibe yeah. a little bit. We vibe a little bit. You, to give him an invitation to this show. He's Don't always worry. welcome. Don't no worry. Doubt. I know he's a Golden State Warriors fan. As far as that goes, yeah, invite him to the show. A little NFL overreaction. Dan Graziano puts out a piece as an ESPN NFL insider each and every week on ESPN.com. And we do that thing right now on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Once again, here's Shannon Penn. All right, Freddie. The Detroit Lions are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Overreaction, not overreaction. I'm going to say that's not an overreaction. Here's why. (gasps) Here's why. And Harry's the one that pointed this out to me. You look at the schedule of the Detroit Lions. It could shape up quite well that they don't stumble in front of a sold-out crowd playing against against the Seattle Seahawks this weekend. After that, if they go 2-0, they got the Falcons, definitely winnable. Packers, definitely winnable. Panthers should be winnable. And the Buccaneers should be winnable. 
they could be 6-0 before they face the Baltimore Ravens. And in a wide-open NFC, outside of the three teams, but they're not that far behind, uh, yeah, that's not a reaction with the Detroit Lions. Yeah, um, before the season started, I I didn't see it with the Detroit Lions, but after watching that game versus Kansas City and watching how they made changes on defense and the players that they brought in on defense were consistently making plays and that offensive line when they needed to be was nasty, I think this team is going to be able to get even that much more better as the season go on. And then, Shannon, like, I mean, excuse me, Freddie, like you mentioned, that schedule. You mentioned it first. I got to yeah, give you credit so, on that so one. I'm going to say this is not an overreaction. All right, last and certainly not least here, looking at the week one overreactions. The Packers were right, Harry, to move on from Aaron Rodgers and go to Jordan Love. Overreaction? Not overreaction. This is not an overreaction. And I say this because if Brian uh, Gutekis decided and the head coach, Mike uh, Matt LaFleur, that they wanted to move on from Aaron Rodgers because they felt like Jordan Love is that guy. And then we see how Jordan Love played in preseason. We see how he went out there in his first game. Even though it's against the Chicago Bears and how comfortable he looks, I think those guys made the right decision. That's no knock on Aaron Rodgers because Mm -hmm. he's one of my favorite players I actually watch and one of the better throws of the football. Sometimes youth, you have to go to it over the older age person. Yeah. I'm with you, and here's another reason. They were sick and tired of Aaron Rodgers and his bleep. It yep. got to the point they said, you know what? We have to move on, no matter how great he's I'm been so for this organization. I'm so tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> <laughs> they were tired yet <laughs> when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. They finally said, look, as long as you have power of this organization, we can't move on. And I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for wielding that like the hammer of Thor from the Marvel's, Marvel Universe. But if you're the Green Bay Packers, you did not draft Jordan Love to just sit on the bench until Aaron Rodgers decided that he was going to lead the National Football League. That is not an overreaction. They were right to move on and get that future. Make it now instead of waiting. I get to see him live this weekend, Jordan Love. Look at you. Against my ah, birds. (laughs) Are you going to do that in the sidelines? That won't become a drop. It's already. What do you mean going to become? It's already become a drop. It's already a drop. You think we can get Desmond Ritter to do it? No. Then you might. You might rabbit. it. Dad's not going to do it. You might rabbit. Jerry Jones, Cowboys owner, did it again to Dak Prescott. I'll tell you why he just can't help it. Next on Freddie and Harry. Ah! Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.